following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. The conversation with Todd Larkin and Andy Wiggins continues in this week's episode. I encourage you to go back to last week's episode if you haven't had a chance already to listen to that before you continue to listen to this week's episode. So whether you're hitting pause to go do that or you're ready to get into it, let's go ahead and continue the conversation. You know, that's core to us is, is it's deeply personal and, and either you, know, you can go visit your child or, you know, if you do go and you know, you have friends who connected you to hearts and hearts and hope, you know, we, our hope is that you would, uh, would also, um, you know, be there to represent your neighbors and your friends who are also sponsoring a student and, you know, be, be their representative to that child and let them know that, you know, I know this person who's sponsoring you and that you're building this relationship with. When you say it's personal it, in the short amount of time that we have made a sponsor decision. Yes, I am looking at Derek and his family right now as I talk to you. So I have mentioned this in some of my episodes, but I have this vision board. So yes, I, I record in my closet and I have a vision board in here and Derek and his family are in here to just remind me whenever I see him like, okay, you know, things could be worse. Things could be better, but things could be worse. And what does Derek need? And obviously I want to spread the word about hearts and hope and all these great things that you're doing. But I also want to represent other people like me who have questions, who are a little confused and concerned about the sponsorship. And by that, I mean, what do I do? How do I be there for Derek? How do I talk about Derek to others? How do I talk about Derek to our own children? And you guys really provided some perspective to me on that because I didn't know how we addressed Derek in our family. And by that, I mean, when we were at church and we saw that it was the day that you could go and, and you guys let the people pick who they want to pick. You know, my husband and I looked at each other. We said, yes, we want to do this. And he said, well, why don't we go ahead and do this? And then we'll go get the girls because they are basically what's it known as Sunday school. And I said, well, I think they should be a part of this process. And he said, yeah, you're right. So we went and got them from their Sunday school classes. And the oldest, we said to her, because she would understand, we're like, okay, so we have this opportunity to help a boy or girl in a different country, and they don't have things like you have, and we want to help them. And so would you like an honorary brother or sister? And by surprise, she's like a brother. And then it didn't even dawn on me until we started getting into the sponsorship, like, is that right to say? I can't, I, as a mom, how would I feel if somebody was like, oh, they said that your daughter is their honorary daughter or 
things like that. So that's another conflict that I think people don't understand or know what to do or how to wrestle with. And I was hoping you could talk me through it and the listener through it. I think, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, over, uh, I think it was probably over lunch a while back, you know, kind of around this topic is it's, it's easy to struggle with that because, you know, I'd say in a lot of cases, um, they are so, so just grateful, um, you know, that, that they're leaning, you know, into the, the relationship quickly and, and, you know, kind of wholeheartedly they can offer appreciation. They can offer, you know, kind of themselves. Um, and, and so this whole notion of what do you call them? Right. And, and, you know, we, we always just say, really, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, you're not, you're not adopting, you know, them, you know, so it's, they're, they're not your, you know, children, the, the, the families and the extended families over there, you know, still have and need to have, you know, the, the, the ownership and the responsibility to kind of raise these kids and, and, and they take it and they want it. Um, but leaning in, and I love how you just said that, you know, an honorary, you know, brother or sister, you know, cause I think that shows the, the respectfulness, you know, of the situation, which is, I think a lot of people want to feel like, you know, these kids are part of their, you know, extended families, you know, at the same time, you know, we're not really trying to replace other people in their lives. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, I think sometimes where the, the struggle comes, but I think, you know, what, what, uh, you know, you said that, that phrase of honorary, you know, brother, sister, honorary, you know, son or daughter, I think that's, you know, that's wonderful. You know, and then that other thing that I think we mentioned was just how culturally they're so different, you know, to where, um, I believe we said, uh, we're telling you the story, how everywhere we'd go, everyone's got, you know, like, 10 kids, you know, and, <laughs> yes. and, and, and some of that is, is true, but it's, it's not, it's not the way we would have perceived it, you know, because when we hear, oh, this is my son, this is my daughter, right? We're, we're immediately in the U.S. thinking biological yes. over there. No, it, if they have somebody in their family, because it's such a tight knit family, you know, community and culture, they'll call nieces and nephews, sons and daughters. Um, they'll call somebody that, you know, has lost a parent that lives with them and hasn't gone through so-called an official adoption process, right? A son or a daughter. And so you, you almost over there, you have to almost unpack if you really wanted to understand. It's like, okay, well, how many of those kids are yours versus your sisters versus, and, uh, but for them, I asked this question once, well, why, why would you not just recognize that as, you know, that's your nephew? Well, in their culture, that would be insulting because then I'd be treating that child differently than my own, which to me was like a crazy, crazy selfless concept, right? Because here I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to treat my biological kids different than, you know, my nieces and nephews or, children in Uganda that we're trying to help. And, and, and you just kind of realize it's just culturally, that's, that's who they are. Right. And that's one of the things we love about it. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. And, and yes, so beautiful. This is something else we talked about at lunch that the moms, I mean, I don't want to, to pass the judgment that the dads aren't in these kids' lives, but 
when you look at a lot of the stories from my understanding, there's a lot of fathers that are not present. So what about the moms? Are they wanting people to come and sponsor their children or do they have kind of a a guard up as far as what is expected? So, you know, for many of these um, children and their guardians and parents, they're in very, you know, challenging situations. Um, in, in most cases, they are, I'd say, probably the number one occupation that we have for our, our families, the guardian or, or the parent or uh, the aunt um, is a day laborer, a peasant, and they work in a field and they're taking care of their kids, um, you know, their other uh, family members' kids. And in many cases, you know, we've seen situations, even on that first or second trip to Uganda, where a mom has, in one case, we had, she had twin daughters and um, she had to make the difficult decision of which one can go to school mm. and which one's going to go with me into the fields and help me um, earn a living. Um, so when, when, you know, when we launch a sponsorship program in a village and look for um, candidates for that sponsorship program, our team actually goes into that local village, with, works with the local leaders from the church. Um, if there's a school there, we, we work with those school leaders as well, and they actually go out and select, interview the the families, understand the situation uh, that they have, uh, to make sure that the kids that are being sponsored are the neediest in the community. So, so that is a truly a blessing because then mothers don't have to make that difficult decision that I just described. And what we found in our when we were creating Hearts and Hope, uh, when we started to look at schools and how do they typically run. You know, there are government-run schools that are a typical classroom is 120 students in a in a classroom um, with one teacher uh, and a black and a blackboard, and it's rote learning, um, and it is what it is. Um, and if you're very bright, you can perhaps get through, right? Um, in schools that um, you know, Hearts and Hope um, helped manage for several years. Um, that typically what happens is you will fill up a school a classroom. And about a third of the kids are able to pay their tuition on time. Another third will pay occasionally and they'll, they'll, they'll pay, but they'll be in arrears and, you know, eventually they'll make it up, but um, it's, it's a struggle for them, but they have some level of income. And then there's a third of the kids that, that never, never pay. And what ends up happening with them is they'll go to school um, that first day and they'll sit in the classroom for several weeks, getting as much education as they can. And then when the bill comes due at the end of the month, and their parents haven't paid or they haven't shown up with their school fees, um, the bursar, the um, treasurer for the school, chases them away and says, you know, don't come back until you have your school fees. And they'll go back and and work in the fields with their parents for several months, earn enough money to come back with school fees, and they'll pay the school fees. And then they'll sit there for another month until the cycle begins again. And what ends up happening is they get a little bit of education spread out over multiple years. Um, but it's not truly, you know, the type of you know, the level of education needed. And so our Heart to Know sponsorship program is intended to focus on those kids who, who ultimately, you know, wouldn't be able to attend a, a quality school like this um, and pay for their school fees um, and so that they don't get chased away. And so it truly is, you know, I, I will say most parents that are, you know, come into the program uh, view it as a blessing um, and uh, are, you know, excited to be a part of it, not only just from the paying of their school fees, but also because, they now have someone, you know, across across the world who's investing in their family's life and, um, you know, they building that relationship. So um, I, I would say it's a, 
it's 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 always a challenging question. That's a, a challenging situation to be in, but ultimately it's a it's a blessing. I believe that there are going to be many more conversations that can be had between the three of us and even between your team on the development of Hearts and Hope and the development of what's happening in Uganda. So I have tons and tons and tons and tons of questions, which I will save for some other episodes. But as we wrap things up today, I think probably the best thing to wrap up with is that sponsorship. So I don't know if maybe I thought that a sponsorship was always open or how does that work as far as when somebody can jump on board with that and exactly what they're paying for? We, we always have children available for sponsorship. Uh, we did a sponsorship drive at Messiah uh, and that was that coincided with the launch of a partnership um, in, in the village of Butagona. Um, that, that partnership was launched because we had a generous donor that was willing to invest in the capital infrastructure and build a school, um, but we needed to fill the school with kids. And so Messiah agreed, hey, we'll do a sponsorship drive, which, you know, we can do uh, any church or uh, organization that wants to do that. We'll come to your your location and uh, host a sponsorship drive and, and um, you can get your, your organization, your church involved. Um, but we do have children available on our website, heartsandhope.org. And we have eight villages that we're partnered with. And there's children in every one of those villages um, that are looking for sponsors. And they either are, and, and we also highlight students who may have lost their sponsor, where someone has sponsored that student and gotten them several years into their education, but unfortunately weren't able to continue with the commitment. Um, so you can visit our website um, and click sponsor a child, and you can look at uh, student profiles and uh, across eight different villages um, and um, select one. Uh, go through the checkout process. You'll get a welcome packet in the mail. Um, that sponsorship program basically pays for a year's worth of tuition. In our primary schools, Hearts and Hope actually helps fund um, the teacher's salary. So we pay the teacher's salaries in each of those schools. Um, but your student would get admission to that school, uh, a uniform, uh, quality leather shoes, um, which for many of them, the uni- school uniform and the shoes, this is their, this is their Sunday best. They get meals, uh, lunch every day as well, a mosquito net. Um, well, so we also have the opportunity for people when they do sponsor a student to, to contribute to our medical fund, um, which allows us to you know, respond to any acute situations that may come up, any urgent um, critical care. Um, but we also use that fund to help provide for preventative um, treatments such as anti-malarial, um, anti-fungal, anti-worm um, medication for the students. So there's opportunities to contribute beyond just the the sponsorship program. Also, when you check out the website, you can see to the social media handles. And I encourage anyone and everyone to follow along because seeing some of these cool stories, like it's not all doom and gloom. Like when I see some of those kiddos singing or playing soccer, it just makes me smile because it's like, all right, we're all doing something. We're doing something to make these kids have a great day. Like it's not always the sadness as the hook. You know what I mean? Like it, there, there's good. And when you were talking about the sponsorship too, like, and going back to the whole personal story, I have to say like your team is so great at this where 
anytime we can have any kind of communication, we're going to get it. Like I remember getting an email saying, oh, hey, here's a picture of Derek on the day that he got notified that he gets to go to school. And they sent that picture and it was really cool. It was just like, okay, this is, this is why we do this. Like this is really awesome. Yeah, we're very fortunate that we have an incredible staff. You know, we're 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 still very small. We just have two full time and two part time. You know, uh, employees in the U.S. Uh, we've got a bigger team over in in Uganda, uh, but they care so deeply about you know this mission and these kids that they want to do everything they can to make these connections. And, and, you know, our, our little tagline when we kind of built this all is uh, develop relationships, create hope, transform lives. And, and, you know, it, it's kind of sappy or kitschy or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, it, it does start with that relationship piece. And so um, through those relationships, we are creating hope and, you know, transforming lives. And, and so we take very seriously, you know, doing anything we can to allow people to feel connected to their sponsored child, to the community they're part of or supporting. Um, because we feel the more, more people feel connected, the, the, the more good we're going to, you know, do at the end of the day. And, and not only will lives be changed in Uganda, but, you know, I think what we also continue to find out is, the other mission is people in the U.S. that get involved, their lives change. They feel better about themselves because, you know, they're finding you know, a way to give back to somebody that just needs a little extra, you know, support or encouragement. Yeah, I got to tell you that most of the people that you guys know that I know and, and work with at the church, <laughs> Emma is so giddy the day after we sponsored Derek, like, you guys, look, we're sponsoring a boy. Here's this. Here's pictures of him. Like, you know, and and they were smiling and laughing because they it reminded them of their first time. And some of them are on their second or third kid. And it just is this really cool, infectious, like, oh, my gosh, I'm helping. I'm doing something. This is what I sh- should be doing and I want to do. And and it's just really exciting. It's a, it's a great organization. And I just want to thank you both for all that you're doing I mean, it really truly is saving lives. It's making a difference in other people's lives. It's changing lives. And I cannot wait to just be along this journey with you guys and keep talking about the next 10 years. Well, we, we of course appreciate you having us on, getting involved, you know, on a personal level, but uh, you know, your willingness to help, you know, do what you do, you know, exceptionally well, which is, you know, tell stories and, and kind of get the word out. Um, that's greatly appreciated. You know, that's what this is at the end of the day all about is uh, introducing more people to, you know, the wonderful people of Uganda. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jill. I appreciate it. I really hope that these last two weeks of conversations have inspired you to want to do a little bit more. I would love for you to check out Hearts and Hope. If it's not Hearts and Hope, maybe it's another organization, but it is definitely eye-opening to see the difference that you can make. And as I mentioned, we have in our family a, a personal story now with Derek, and it's something that I just encourage you to learn more about. 
Uh, whether you want to sponsor a child or just even learn a little bit more about Hearts and Hope or about taking a mission trip with them or someone else, your help means so much more than you even realize. And as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, they have an event every single August called Party with a Purpose, and it sells out pretty much every single year. This is their biggest fundraising event. And with it being sold out, you can still help out. You can still donate. You can still take part in the silent auction that they have. And all of the information you can find at normalgoesalongway.com. It's in the show notes for this episode and last week's episode. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for considering it. Thank you for anything that you contribute. It really, really, truly makes a difference. <laughs> 